0: Snack production. Do you want 2023 to be the year you bring your dreams and desires into reality? As you may know, manifestation has been a big part of my practice for a long time now. And through my research and study, I have developed a manifestation course just for you. This course is broken up into six immersive audio modules with printable worksheets. I cover topics like unlocking your emotions so you can receive what you truly desire, understanding the quantum field and how to connect to it, letting go of control and resistance to set manifestation into motion, and embracing and embodying gratitude in order to bring your dreams and desires into reality. This course covers all my teachings and I feel so honoured to be able to share them with you. Manifest Your Greatness is available for purchase at the shop tab at saragrimberg.com. Jack Cruz is a renowned figure in the world of health optimization and biohacking. With a background in neurosurgery and a deep passion for understanding the intricate workings of the human body, Jack has dedicated his life to pushing the boundaries of what is possible in terms of health well-being and performance. In the conversation that follows, we discuss why nature doesn't make mistakes, but humans do. Light, water and magnetism for optimal human function and how to live your greatest existence.
1: Your brain and your skin come from the same tissue when you were inside your mother, it's called neuroectoderm. The skin is the solar panel for the brain and your eye is the on and off switch to the brain. So if you want to start this process so that you can be a girl with blonde hair and blue eyes and be able to go in the sun and raise your vitamin D the the natural way without getting burned, you need to use AM sunlight.
0: I'm Sarah Grimberg, and this is A Life of Greatness. Through my years of studying and researching the connection between human behaviour, personal growth and transformation, I have discovered the keys to unlocking greatness within others. In this podcast, I share stories and experiences from my own teachings, along with conversations with inspiring guests to help you learn the simple tips, habits, practices and strategies to cultivate an extraordinary existence. Jack Cruz is the author of the book EpiPaleo RX, The Prescription for Disease Reversal and Optimal Health. In its essence, this conversation highlights a myriad of topics, the impact of technology and modern living on our health, but most importantly, how to live an existence that is healthy, not only for your body, but for your brain. My hope is that this conversation equips you with wealth, knowledge and insights that you can apply to your own life that leads you to improved health, vitality and overall well-being. Jack Cruz, can you tell us a bit about your upbringing and what led you to become a neurosurgeon?
1: Sure. I started off as an All-American football player and baseball player in the United States. Everybody thought I would go on a be a professional athlete. No one knew that I was smart except the people around me. And um, long story short, I got a full ride to college to play sports, but I demolished college academically. And um, my grandfather, who was kind of my dad, because me and my dad were estranged, he developed oral melanoma. First doctor he went to see was an oral surgeon. Uh, That's the first doctor that I ever actually interacted with. And he told me about these new double degree programs that just opened up in the United States in the mid eighties. And there was only four of them. And I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And he told me, slow down. It's really difficult to get in. I said, you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> I said, I'll get in tell me the four are. And I applied for them and got into all four. And then I chose to go to the university of Connecticut, got a dental degree. And just so you know, this place was a place that had a reputation that no one finished in four years. I finished in three. So my whole last year, I decided to do an externship. I went down to LSU, which at the time had the best oral surgery program in the United States. That's down in New Orleans. And I did a whole year of extra training down there. And I loved it. They cut me loose. This is time in medicine where anything went, you know, meaning I got to do things that you can only imagine. The experience was phenomenal. That's the first time that I actually met the neurosurgeons. Why? Because the oral surgeons at this program rotate for four months, three years of their, their training with the neurosurgeons because they rebuild the faces and the neurosurgeons would rebuild the heads. So it was a big commingling of ideas. Long story short, I matched to LSU. I'd go down there, start my oral surgery training. My first four months on oral surgery, I get placed in neurosurgery and it turns out that the neurosurgery resident that they matched was a Mormon from Utah. So you can imagine a Mormon in New Orleans, that's like putting Jews and Arabs together, you know, in a country and say get along. It was just very uh funny and the guy only lasted maybe 4 to 6 weeks. He left and that created a hole in their program. That's when the guy who was the LSU neurosurgery program director, a world-famous neurosurgeon, you know, that even your guy in Australia would know, Charlie Tao knows Dr. Klein. And Klein asked me, would I leave oral surgery to become a neurosurgeon? Because after working with me for about a year and a half, solidly, he's like, "Yes, dude, you got the goods. And I'm like, the only problem with that for me is I had to sign up for seven more years of residency. So that's how it started.
0: Jack, why has light, water and magnetism become such a big part of your work?
1: Well, initially, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but the initial reason is SETI, which is a part of NASA that looks for extraterrestrial life, Use those three metrics, because those three metrics are what biology optimizes to. And it turns out that the things that I did in science, it made a lot of sense. Why? Because the brain is unusual in, in two respects. One, it's turned on and off by a light switch called the eye, so that's the light part. Number two... Magnetism plays a role in the brain. Why? Because you have mitochondria that have electron chain transport that brings an electric current through. And then the spinning head called an FO head of the ATPase, ADP, I think most people know is the energy carrying molecule in mitochondria. What you learned in fourth, fifth grade about Michael Faraday is anytime you have an electric current going through something that spins, you make a magnetic field. We now have machines that can actually verify that. So that's number two. Then number three is the human brain is completely surrounded by water. Uh, That water is called CSF, cerebrospinal fluid. And that's an ultrafiltrate of the water that's in blood. Blood is made out of 93% water in units.
0: Can you explain to everyone what mitochondria is?
1: Yeah. I mean, the easiest way is uh, think about the engine in your car. Yeah. How successful would your car be without an engine? Not very. Right. So that's the big issue. The only cell in humans that don't have a mitochondria, uh, adult form, is red blood cell. Mm. And the reason for that is because the sun directs its energy.
0: That's so interesting. Can you talk to us about, I know you've got a story about Sherpas that are to do with light and magnetism.
1: Well, this is way back in the day when I first started putting my information on the internet. There's a cognitive bias everywhere in the world that, you should have big muscles, and big muscles can overcome a bad diet uh, because you won't have insulin resistance and things like that. But here's the funny thing. If that was true, we should have a big population of modern humans that have really big muscles and live to be super centenarians. Those are people over 100 years old. And it turns out the, the doctor, at least in the United States, that is the world expert in supercentenarians is at Albert Einstein Medical Center in New York City. It turns out all of these guys are little fat Jewish guys. And they have leptin levels that are higher than you'd expect. They don't look like Michelangelo's David. They don't look like what the gym trainers or the doctors or anybody else thinks they should look like. So that was problem one. Problem two is you have these little guys in very close to where you guys are on top of the Indian continent, on the bottom of the Asian continent. Uh, When they crashed together, made the Himalayan mountains, they live at about 14,000 to 20,000 feet. They, on average, and I'm not going to give you kilograms, you can do the conversion because I'm not really good with that. About 120 to 145 pounds. I'm assuming that's probably like 50, 45 kilos. But they're very tan and they eat rice, lentils, and what I would call garbage. During the rest of their life, but when Northern Europeans or Australians or Americans show up to base camp, they take them from 20,000 feet all the way up to the top of the mountain, and all they eat is saturated fat when they do it. And they weigh literally 145 pounds. They can pick up 300% their body weight. So I want you to think about the meatheads that are in Melbourne, Perth, or Sydney now. Uh, who look like big rugby players, like Australian Ruse football, those guys can't even do that. So that is, like in biology, what we call a paradox. So you can take the paradox and live with it or maybe under explain it. And it turns out Uncle Jack decided to explain it. And the way I decided to explain it was to jump down this rabbit hole of quantum biology to figure out, why it is that Sherpas seem to be able to do things that are, would be considered superhuman when people who work out in Gold's Gym in Sydney can't and why they have to hire these people to do it. And when you begin to look deeply into the paradox, you begin to realize you learn a lot about human biology that's not in the textbooks. And that turns out to be really, really important because if you start to employ some of those decentralized ideas into your own life, it turns out that you're able to break the umbilical cord to big pharma, to centralized medicine, and to some of the policies that amant from those in government.
0: I know a lot of what you talk about is to do with light, which is such an important thing. And obviously here in Australia, as you know, People always talking about the sun.
1: You got it all wrong.
0: Yeah, I know you you say that we've got it all wrong, but I love the sun. So my mum, my dad and me are sun obsessed and we all have really nice skin. And from a young age, I was always out there because I just love the feeling of the sun on my body. And most people are not like me. Like I do have darker skin naturally. I knew that lying in the sun made me feel better.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you know why your skin and your iris is a darker color? Why? It's called melanin. And that's the real reason you want to talk to me. Turns out that melanin is the story of mammals. So for those in your audience who don't know why everybody right now wants to talk to me on a podcast, there's a pretty famous researcher at Stanford University named Dr. Andrew Huberman. Yes. And... He is the guy that basically is now become the mouthpiece for centralized science in the United States. Like he talks about different aspects. One of his good friends is Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin is the biggest music producer mm. in the world, not just in the United States in the world. Rick happens to be one of my friends and one of my patients. Okay. And I go after Dr. Uberman all the time on Twitter about things, you know, that he says that are factually incorrect. So Rick Being the, how shall I say, the middleman, decided to bring us together because Rick knows about my thesis. Why? Because he had his own medical problem where this story of melanin played a role. And he said, Jack, he goes, I would like you to come to Malibu, California, which for me is a no-no. I don't want to go anywhere close to California. And um, he said, if you do this, he goes, I'll be willing to tell the world about my problem and what you did to help me solve it tied to this melanin story. And he goes, really, I want you to teach Uberman the things that you know, because I think this is really important for centralized medicine. Remember, Dr. Uberman, has a PhD at Stanford University is teaching third and fourth year medical students basic medical science before they become clinicians. So this is really important for the public, especially the public health in the United States, that they get the story right about light water magnetism. So getting back to you and your Fitzpatrick three skin and your eyes, turns out things that are darker absorb more light. So you've got to ask yourself the question, why is it that you enjoy light? Because you're able to absorb the charge of the sun much better than most Australian women who are blonde hair, blue eyes. Why? Mm. Because most of the women who are blonde hair, blue eyes don't belong in Australia. You don't find those ladies in the bush. Those ladies came over on boats. They're designed to be northern Europeans. So guess what? Most of Australia is mismatched to the environment they're in. Remember, your island is a desert. What does that mean? It's got no magnetic field. That's a signpost for a desert. It's not particular to Australia. It's just all deserts have lower magnetic fields, hence the reason why life doesn't thrive in deserts. It's called the geopathic stress zone for that reason. It's the reason why Mars is a dead red planet, but the Earth isn't, because we do have a magnetic field. The second thing is when you realize that most people who have blonde hair and blue eyes have what we call uncoupled haplotypes. What does that mean? You have to eat more food to make heat so that you can live at a high latitude. But does that make any sense for a woman with blonde hair blue eyes who lives in Queensland? No. So Could those two things that I just gave you there, if you had a mismatched person whose lineage is built for high latitude and you put them in a country that's a desert, that has poor water and really bad magnetic fields, but has pretty decent light unless you're in Tasmania, could that be a problem? And the answer is it is. Every zip code creates a different disease pattern. We have fancy names for that stuff. It's called heteroplasmy rate. Basically the way for you to think about heteroplasmy rate is just think about your engine efficiency. So if you're a Northern European and you live in Tasmania, you should do okay. Why? Because you're really built for 45th latitude and in Tasmania you're at 45th South. So that's not too bad. But what happens if you're an H or K haplotype and you live in Darwin or you live you know, on the top of the island. What is it? Carns, I think is on. Yeah. 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 Cans, Carns. you call it whatever you want. But that's six, six degrees north. And do you think that might be a problem? Because your white skin that doesn't have any melanin in it, do you think it's designed to be an equatorial sun? Mm. Hmm, Maybe that's the reason why they got you wearing sunscreen and why everybody down there gets melanoma. But they don't tell you that part, okay? And they don't also don't tell you that when you wear sunglasses, glasses or contacts, it atrophies the initial machinery in your body to make melanin. So even if you go in the sun, you're never going to upregulate your melanin like you do. See, you have a very interesting complexion and eye color. Remember what I told you before, the eye is how the brain gets turned on. Well. What does the chemical melanin come from? It comes from a gene called POMC. POMC stands for pro milano That milano is the melanin part. This gene gets cleaved into six or seven different things, and alpha-MSH is the key. But this is the part where the physics comes in. Anything that's dark absorbs more light. Now, I know you know this because if you have a black Mercedes-Benz and a white Mercedes-Benz mm. together, right, you know immediately – I'm not going to put my butt cheeks on the black Mercedes-Benz when it's summertime down in Australia because it's going to burn me. Well, guess what? The same thing is true with melanin. So it turns out you, my dear, are much more effective at absorbing sun than your lady friends with blonde hair and blue eyes who are built for Scandinavia.
0: So if you have blonde hair and blue eyes, what would you do if you wanna be able to go out into the sun, what are your best tips?
1: Well, that's simple. You, you get on Patreon, go to www.patreon.com backslash Dr. Jack Cruz and read my solar callus blog. Because guess what? You didn't ask me this question. But you probably can see, Uncle Jack is from the 59th latitude. Yes. So I am really Australian, but I happen <laughs> to be, At the 28th latitude north right now at the summer solstice, I can stay outside with my freckles and my Fitzpatrick type one skin. What does that mean? I am a white boy. Okay. Big time white boy. And if I go out in the sun and not know any of my signs, I will get red and white in 15 or 20 minutes. And if I stay out too long, I'll get blisters. But do you know the reason why that's the case? Because the melanin machinery in my body is not upregulated like it is in your body. Mm -hmm. So most people get told, oh, because you're a white boy from high latitude, you can't do it. Turns out in all mammals, they have the ability to adapt. So let me give your listeners an an idea in their mind that's not scientific so you remember this. Just think about your husband and you going to, I don't know, Louis Vuitton, and you see a really nice pair of shoes, and you try them on and tell your husband, sweetheart, these really bother me. I'm not going to spend... $2,000 $2,000 on these shoes because it makes no sense. Then your husband says, well, look, I really love you. I want you to buy the shoes, wear them five times in the house, and I think we'll be good and we can go out to dinner and you can show them off to all your friends. And you look at him and go, why didn't I think of that? Well, it turns out the same thing is true with your skin. You're able to break your skin in. So what are the things that you need to do? Turns out that red light exposure that you get from the sun, and, and let's be clear When the sun rises to the sun sets, red light is always present. In fact, red light is the most dominant part of the solar spectrum, 43%. And it turns out that red light starts to turn the program of melanogenesis on in your body. Why? Because it wakes POMC up. And there's another interesting effect of red light. Red light predominates morning light and it predominates in night right before the light Sets when the sunset comes. You know that most people in Australia are going to work when they should be outside when that red light's there. So, might it be that your real problem in Australia is that you build a world where everybody isn't in the right light at the right time? Okay. And you're all from Scandinavia. Could this possibly be something that the dermatologists have missed? Mm. I'm going to tell you it absolutely is what they've missed. And here's the physics about red light. When you get a ton of red light on your body, do you know that it preconditions your skin so that you can absorb more UV? You know what that means? What? That means you can be out in midday sun and not get burned. So, my dear, take a look at me. How did Uncle Jack be able to stay out seven, eight hours at the beach But yet I don't have blisters. Yes. I don't look like I'm miserable, do I? No, you don't.
0: You don't. But I want to know, because people might be going, okay, they've heard of red light, but they're not sure. Like, how does one get exposure to red light?
1: Retool your life. Mm. Get out in the sun. Like, Like, There is no replacement. You Look, the way I deal with you guys is way different than people in the United States. Why? You have a mental block to the sun because of this problem. Every podcast I do with Australian people, I always hit this out of the park. You have to realise no sunglasses, no contacts, nothing over your eyes.
0: Yes. I was saying that to my friend the other day, no sunglasses. She said, I'm sure I said no. Apparently, it's good to have the light in your eyes.
1: Right, because that's the signal that turns on the melanogenesis pathway in your brain. And remember something. Your brain and your skin come from the same tissue when you were inside your mother. It's called embryology. It's called neuroectoderm. So guess what? This process, the the skin is the solar panel for the brain. And your eye is the on and off switch to the brain. So if you want to start this process so that you can be a girl with blonde hair and blue eyes and be able to go in the sun and raise your vitamin D the, the natural way, Without getting burned, you're going to be stunned. You need to use AM sunlight. So I do not want any of your people immediately defaulting to man-made sources of red light. Yes, they're available, okay? They are not as good. And what you need to hear as Australians, I want you to use the best sun because the one part of this three-legged stool that you guys have, right, is sunlight your magnetic field stinks your water stinks for different reasons but the light is good it turns out the light that you need is from sunrise to about 8 or 9 a.m in the daytime i know the days are short where you guys are now probably not at the top of the island but middle of the island bottom of the island it's going to be shorter what you want to do there is the last two or three hours before the sun sets then you go inside then you turn all the lights up really we haven't got into that story because it turns out This is like a coin. You have to get the solar side right, but then you have to get the nighttime light because it turns out if you're in blue light or you check your phone or you're watching TV or whatever crazy stuff you guys like to do in Australia, (laughs) it turns out the light at night actually can also ruin melanogenesis. Yes. And that's a problem. And it turns out light at night is actually how you get melanoma really fast. In fact, it's the fastest way To get melanoma is to be in light at night or in your case where you are now, I don't know what time it is, but you are in a studio and you have no blue blocking protection on your eyes. Big mistake. You should have red light on you right now, but you are surrounded by that screen that looks blue to me. Yes. Huge mistake. So,
0: we've got the morning covered, and then you talked about the blue light. Talk to us about electronics and people that are winding down to go to bed, what should be their best practices to be able to have like a good night's sleep, because I know you talk a lot about the circadian rhythm as well.
1: This is a place that I do have to give you a little bit of science, so hopefully you'll allow me some leeway. I need to explain to you precisely why it's a problem so that you'll change your behavior. Christ, because if you don't know, Why? You're likely never going to do this. So it turns out in mammals, we have a non-visual photoreceptor system. Most people know you see um, use cones during the day, which is color vision, and at nighttime you use rods. But what you don't know is that there's a whole other non-visual photoreceptor system that is the key to this story. And those chemical proteins are called opsins. And it turns out that opsins are always bound to vitamin A. So they're like bedfellows, and there's a covalent bond between the opsin and the vitamin A. And in mammals that are diurnal, which we are, the bond is weak. So that means any type of electromagnetic radiation can break that bond. And it turns out when vitamin A is freed, what does it do? It turns into something called an aldehyde, and the aldehyde destroys all photoreceptors. That means the cones, the rods, and all the non-visual ones. That is actually the source of most of the conditions that you're worried about in Australia and certainly the ones that we're worried about in the United States. Centralized science doesn't realize that yet. They're just waking up to it. In the last 10 years, there's now numerous papers out that show that vitamin A is an issue. For example, when the vitamin A is free and it's present in an aldehyde form, people can't sleep. And the reason they can't sleep, it's tied to actually damage of the photoreceptors in a specific part of the brainstem. Those receptors are called melanopsin. Melanopsin is a blue light detector. So you may be shocked to know that. So one of the things I like to tell Australian podcasters and Australian audiences, if you believe in evolution or you believe in God, doesn't matter which one, answer me this question. Why did God or evolution put a UVA, a ultraviolet A receptor in your cornea and your skin called neuropsin? if you're not designed to be in the sun. Explain to me why that's the case. Explain to me why God or evolution are that stupid. Point two, tell me why in the dermatology literature that everybody who gets melanoma and skin cancer always has a low vitamin D. If we're to accept what they tell us, that the sun is toxic, which clearly I've been in Australia and see it on the the buses and see what they're doing to kids in school, slip slather and whatever else you guys do, Explain to me then why is it in the dermatology literature the most virulent melanomas are always associated with the lowest vitamin D levels. Hmm. Hmm. Shouldn't it be the opposite way? Well, it turns out the reason for that is, let me ask you a question now because you're the perfect mammal as the example. How do you live your life? Most modern humans don't live under the sun anymore, do they? Hmm. Technology has brought them inside. So your original question to me is, Uncle Jack, tell me, is it just a blue light story or is the RF, the microwave from our iPhones, is the electromagnetic pollution that we're getting from our local environment also capable of breaking that weak covalent bond? And guess what the answer is? It is. And what happens then, all those options break down in the different organ systems of our body. And that leads to the diseases that your audience and my audience pay attention to. That's like AMD, acute macular degeneration, melanoma, autoimmune disease. You name it, it's there. Okay? Brain cancer. Brain cancer study has been done. That's a disease I take care of. Uh, 157 countries. You know what the number one link to gliomas is? What? Low vitamin D status. Really? So it turns out going in the sun prevents you from getting brain cancer. You remember what I told you earlier? Didn't I tell you that the skin was a solar panel mm. for the brain? Yes. So guess what? Here's that connection showing up again. So I've given you enough. If you're if you're a non-believer, and I don't ever want anybody believing me when I do a podcast, I want you to examine what I'm saying, because it's the mark of an educated mind. It takes something you fundamentally don't believe. And I know nobody in Australia thinks the sun is good for them. But You have been lied to. Mm. You have been lied to so badly and it is leading to most of the problems that you have in Australia. And once you examine the literature that I always post about and write about, you'll find out there's been six meta-analyses done in the world. Every single one of them shows that a lack of solar exposure decreases your lifespan.
0: I want to know just for people that are listening, how long should they, you know, with the morning sun, how long do they need to spend outside for it to be effective?
1: It's a great question, but the truth is I can't answer it on a podcast. Why? Because everybody's biology is an N equals one. For example, the answer for you is going to be different than your friends with blonde hair and blue eyes. Why? Because their blue eyes are exquisitely sensitive. They need to do things that you don't need to do, but also... The haplotype of their mitochondria, are they coupled or uncoupled? See, coupled haplotypes are people who are equatorial Africans. So that's L0, 1, 2, and 3. There's many people in Australia that actually have that haplotype and don't know it, but their exteriors are mismatched. And you don't know that because the last 70,000 years, we're a giant melting pot in terms of our species. So this creates a huge problem. This is the kind of medicine that I practice. I find out, does your interior engines match your exterior or vice versa? Could it be that you have an uncoupled haplotype inside, but you have dark skin on the outside? That presents a totally different equation of how I would answer your question. But my answer is you should do at least half hour from sunrise on, not looking directly at the sun, but as naked as you feel comfortable with, or you can go buy clothing that allows the sun to get through it it's called Kanikis. they're from the uk united states has something called cool tans i'm sure someone in australia sells sells you know tan through bathing suits um and when you look at the sun i have this famous saying that came up 15 years on the internet be like a great white shark and live and be like the sphinx if you do that you're looking to the east every morning with all four extremities on the ground Why? Because that brings grounding into effect and also brings uh, the sun, the charge through palm seed into your body. When you eat like a great white shark, what are you doing? You're eating fat and protein. It turns out fat and protein are the best fuel source for someone who's got a problem. The flip side is if you have a mitochondrial disease, what is that? Cancer, diabetes, autoimmune condition, hypothyroidism an upside-down estrogen progesterone problem, skin cancer. In fact, any cancer. It turns out that saturated fat is better than the polyunsaturated fat, which you'll notice that that is an exact opposite of also what the cardiologists and the internal medicine doctors tell you. And it turns out, uh, I don't want to bend your ear with this, but there's a reason biophysically for that. That's a story between the light hydrogen isotope called protium. Versus the heavier one called deuterium. And it turns out deuterium is a problem. Deuterium is a problem for all people with those diseases. And all you need to know about deuterium, if you don't know anything, is sunlight. Deuterium depletes us. We get rid of it for a bile through our skin. You know, when you use a loofah on your skin or when you sweat, your e-crime sweat glands allow you to get rid of it. So if you're constantly living inside, realize that you're inhibiting all these pathways. And what does that do? It it allows you to keep more atomic mass inside you instead of get rid of it. While you're also reducing your charge, your body. What's the proxy for the charge? You already know the answer to that. It's vitamin D. Mm. That's the reason why I tell you all the time, everybody is Australian who gets diagnosed with skin cancer in the next 60 days. The first thing they should ask the dermatologist or their doctor is get me a vitamin D level. And if your vitamin D level is low, Hard stop. Hard stop. Because everything you're going to be told from that point forward, you are getting placed into the sausage grinder. You need to change your opinion about the things you need to do. But you need to use the science that I'm showing you in order to do that. Because it's easy to listen to a guy on the internet and think, that guy's a wackadoon. He? He's crazy. But I'm telling you, the science that I use, every blog I write, Extremely detailed. I am a monster to the doctors, to the clinicians in the United States for a reason. Why? I found out 20 years ago that we've been lied to by a lot of things, which brings me back to my point with Dr. Uberman. The reason Rick wanted to bring us together is because how Rick changed his life shocked all of his friends. His life completely changed because he did everything opposite that he did that made him a multimillionaire before it. And now that he's changed, he now wants everybody else to know that. Now I look at Australians kind of like Rick was when he was working with, you know, Dr. Dre and Tupac and all the hip hop guys. And then Aerosmith, now Adele, The, the new Rick since, Ten years ago, he's what Australians need to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Rick doesn't even live in Malibu, California anymore because of the advice that I gave him. Because it turned out that environment, this is what I told you before about the non-native EMF, the blue light, and that weak covalent bond. Rick now lives single-digit latitude. Imagine that. He does everything that an Australian would be scared to do.
0: I'd love to ask you, when we talk about sleep and getting prepared for sleep, for people that might not be sleeping well, I know that you talk a lot about this. What are your best guidance for people to have a rested good sleep?
1: No light. As soon as the sun sets, no artificial light. If you're going to need light, use candles. You need to have good quality blue blockers. That's when I want everybody to put their clothes on. See, I want you to be naked when the sun's out, but I want you to be completely covered everywhere, skin to toe, at nighttime. Blue light absolutely is highly destructive to our biology. You need to realize that the mechanics of that is not what you get told by the sleep doctors. It's what I told you earlier. The vitamin A issue, uh, once that happens, photoreceptors get damaged. That's what lowers melatonin. Everybody knows that melatonin is the hormone in sleep. What people don't realize is that you make the most melatonin when AM sunlight. And that goes back to the story, doesn't it? Mm. That I told you, you need to be mindful of that light. Why? Because you need to find the transition of when infrared light allows UVA light. Why is that the case? Most of your listeners may not know this, but melatonin is made from an aromatic amino acid. Again, the term not important. All you need to know, we only have four aromatic amino acids, all four aromatic amino acids in humans absorb 200 to 400 nanometer light. You know what light that is? The light the dermatologist and the ophthalmologist tell you is bad. So let me ask you another question. If the dermatologist is right, why did God or evolution make melatonin out of a protein that absorbs UV light? Hard stop, huh? Let's double down on this. Cytochrome 1 in your mitochondria where your food electrons come in, it's made out of something called NAD positive or NADH. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. You know what that's made out of? The same aromatic amino acid. Why is that? Why, why is it that nature seems to be telegraphing us this light story? And it's always the water is around, and then you got the magnetic event. Well, why is it that those three things keep showing up in every story and every question you ask me? Why mm. is that? See, what I'm trying to do is get you back to your beginner mindset. You have to unlearn to relearn. And most of the things that my profession and the PhD researchers that taught us is dead wrong. And it's dead wrong for a reason. The reason why is it's very, very profitable to take care of sick humans. That may stun some people in your audience, but I can tell you for sure, that's the modus operandi. And the bottom line is, this is the beautiful part, You have the scissors that can cut that umbilical cord. All you have to do is say, you know what? What this guy just said, this is important. And you'll probably also remember everything I've told you. How much does any of this cost? How much does going out and grounding in your front yard and standing in the sun cost you? Zero. Big zero. You know what it costs you? It actually costs you some time and maybe some mocking of, you know, your friends and your family. But guess what? When you start to turn into the Sherpa in Australia and they keep going to the dermatologist to have Mohs surgery and their melanoma is cut off because they put their makeup in front of an LED light and work in an indoor environment all day and literally see the sun for 15 minutes, you can smile and say, you know what? I listened to this podcast. I heard this crazy neurosurgeon. And I decided to give crazy a chance. Why? Because I did it the way the dermatologist did it or told me and the way the ophthalmologist told me. And it turned out I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. And none of the prescription drugs they gave me seemed to help. They would take care of the symptoms, but they never reversed the problem. And when I'm doing this, when I'm acting like a lion or a hippo, all of a sudden I started to feel better. And then you're magically going to begin to understand that nature is fully decentralized. It's based on the light-dark cycle. That's what the word decentralized means. It means that there's no one central controller. You have to have the yin and the yang. And it turns out in our system, it's light and dark. If you can make that one change, like I tell everybody in every podcast, because everybody asks me this, what's the single number one thing that a mammal can do to try to begin to become decentralized? Just make like the sphinx every morning. Go out and ground and look off center about 15 degrees at the sun. Try to stay out there as long as you can. The worse your disease is, the longer you should stay there.
0: Can you just quickly explain grounding to us for people that are interested in doing it?
1: Yeah, humans are the only primate that have ecran sweat glands on our hands and our feet. Uh, Monkeys, chimps, they don't have it. And the reason that we have it is we don't climb trees like they do. We're designed to walk bipedally on the surface of the planet. So the way this works, it anything that's wet, this is the reason why they invented gloves and socks. Anything that's wet actually has a better connection to the Earth. So the physics of grounding is pretty simple. Sun is a cathode ray. The planets are an anode. Anytime a cathode ray hits an anode, it releases free electrons. Guess what? When you have sweat glands on your hands and your feet, you actually collect more electrons. That means you don't have to eat as much food, and it also reduces the inflammation in your body because what is inflammation fundamentally? It's called a positive charge. What is positively charged? Protons. What is negatively charged? Electrons. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're back to the story of physics, aren't we? See, that sun is amazing. The story that the ancient people had at the 28th North Latitude. They put that sphinx there for a reason. If you don't think there was some wisdom in those people, then you should turn this podcast off and tell everybody that I'm a nut That statue is sitting there for a reason. And I'm going to tell you how powerful this is. We have the bones of the Anubians, the dark skinned people who made the pyramids. Their muscle skeletal system and their skeletons were amazing. We also have the mummies of the pharaohs, and they were trainers. They look just like modern humans. Why? because they lived inside of temples, because they were elite. They did everything possibly wrong. Even though they named their god Ra after the sun, they didn't do what nature required them to do.
0: What is the best advice that you have ever been given?
1: Question everything. I am the most curious mammal you'll ever meet. When somebody tells me this is the way the world works, Uncle Jack decides to deconstruct it. Mm. the more I can understand how we fall apart the more I can understand how I can keep them together it's brain surgery without a scalpel that's really what it is
0: what is your greatest hope for society today?
1: that they wake up they stop being compliant they stop believing experts realize that you're the best expert of you Mm. and that you have the ability to do it But you know why you don't do it because you're too lazy because you're too funnel loads that have low dopamine levels, your light switch is turned off. If you heard anything today, I want to turn your light switch on. See, I feel like I'm a candle. My flame is lit. You, I've never met before. I'm lighting your candle right now through the internet. And hopefully through this interview, there's going to be, even if there's one Australian whose life is changed by this information, this podcast is worth it. Why? Because, My flame doesn't get diminished by sharing it with you. And your flame doesn't get diminished by sharing it with them. Mm. And we live a long distance away. It takes 26 hours for me to get to your country. My message is resonating over there for the right reasons. Because I think there's enough people in Australia beginning to question elites, beginning to question the government, beginning to question their treasury beginning to do a lot of different things. And no, they're not the majority yet. They're not. But as you keep becoming the slave in the cave and putting your wrist out and then putting the cuffs on you and you being compliant to do it, you have to stop being compliant. You have to be curious. You have to ask the right questions. And even if you ask the wrong questions, ultimately, if you keep asking questions, it will leave you to the truth. And the only thing that I care about is the truth. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you like my methods. The bottom line is I learned this lesson from evolution. Is evolution always nice? The answer is no. That's why we have extinction events. That's the reason why other animals eat other animals. Okay? It's what's taught to centralized doctors. It's survival of the fittest. I no longer believe that. I now believe it's survival of the wisest. Mm. And the reason I agreed to come on your podcast is to get that message to your audience. Somebody out there is going to be lit up by this information. And that's all I care about. Because if I can start a movement where people begin to realize that nature and replugging back into it is the single greatest thing we can do as a species, then many of the things that all of us don't like magically go away. Bad politics, bad money, bad banking, bad jobs, bad economy, just bad ideas totally. We control that. It just takes enough of us to put our hand up and say we've had enough.
0: Why do you think one in two people now are being diagnosed with cancer?
1: Well, it's pretty simple. Tell me how many people you know are connected like the Sphinx and eat like a great white shark, or live like the polar bear. The only people that I know that live the way we're supposed to, I mean, it's a beautiful thing for the people in Africa. They can go in their country and see the hippos and the lions. Why doesn't Uncle Jack have to teach them quantum mechanics? Because they do what they do. Let me ask you a question. How many naked humans have you seen in your line of work in the last six months? None. There's your answer. Let me ask you a question. Does any wildebeest, does any hippo, does any lion come out of its mother's vagina with clothes on, with L'Oreal glasses Mm. and makeup? Tell me. No. Have you ever thought to ask yourself, you know, why is it that we're the only mammal on this planet that has all these conventions? Now, you and I both know the reason the conventions are there. But here's the question I really want you to ask yourself. Are there biologic tools that we're paying for those conventions? The answer is there is. So what do you need to do? You need to tell your husband, you need to build me an oasis where I can be a lion, where I can be a hippo, where I can be a great white shark, where I can be a wilded human. Like I want you to embrace your inner Sherpa. Here in the States, I use the analogy about the American Indian. The American Indian was the best athlete on the planet for a period of time until the white man took them apart. We did that. Our government did that to the Indians. Don't think that a lot of us don't know that. But the key is, I want you to know that those people can come back. In fact, the oppressors of those people can also become shirkers. Why? Because we all have the same biologic programs built into us. And the key is, is turning the light switch on and understanding how light, water, and magnetism does it. You do that, no one can stop you. You become superhuman. You become the Sherpa. You can do it in Melbourne. You can do it in Tasmania. You can do it in Perth. You can even do it in the bush. But you know the thing that's going to be interesting? The mindset you have to have is the beginner mindset, and you have to have the mindset that the people on the Titanic have. That when the ship is going down, you're okay jumping in the cold water to swim to the boat to save your life. Because there's no one else in Australia that's going to tell you how to do it. Why? Because they're making a ton of money off you by you making the mistakes.
0: What is a life of greatness to you?
1: A life of greatness is leaving a legacy behind. Uh, I look at it like an oak tree. The person who planted the oak tree got no benefit from that tree. But 250 years later, in my backyard, I have a beautiful live oak. And I often think about that person that planted that tree, knowing that they would never get the benefit Mm. of that tree and what made them do what they did. And I try to emulate that in every single podcast that I do.
0: Jack Cruz, thank you for the unbelievably fascinating conversation today. I'm so grateful.
1: No problem. Take care.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to join my community on Instagram at Sarah Grimberg, where we post videos and behind-the-scenes footage of each recording. You can also join my private Facebook group, Live Your Life Greatly, where we discuss the content in this episode and many more, as well as give advice and tips on how to live a life of love and meaning. To purchase my manifestation course and meditations, head to the shop tab at saragrimberg.com or this week's episode show notes to find a link. If you love what you heard, we'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and leave a five-star review. It will help us share this wisdom with others.
1: Listener.